This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. We are here uh, despite some, some reports of traffic on the Beltline. What are we doing here? Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin. Hello, sir. What's up? You know what saved me? What did? The flex lane? The flex lane. That's good to hear. Yeah. Awesome to hear. Yep. Because the traffic on the Beltline, usually not bad whatsoever. Uh, but there was a big accident mm. coming this way. So, yeah, made it by a few minutes. We had plenty of time to talk about the show. Drive safe, everybody out there. Uh, if you are driving, I would advise putting both hands on the wheel for a second. Maybe closing the window if it is open, just focusing on the road as I go through what I'm about to go through. Uh, a lot to come. A lot of actually important things such as the launch, which we will talk about. That's coming up on Saturday. Some superlatives looking ahead to Wisconsin season from what we have seen and heard from spring. But before all of that, Iowa offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz met with the media today, Zach, and he, quote, uh, doesn't know that there will be any notable changes to the offense going into this coming season. Woof. (laughs) Woof. That wasn't even the funniest thing that he said, though, was it? It wasn't. I have a clip. This is a 30-second question and answer with the athletic Scott Docterman asking the offensive coordinator about, uh, and again, an offensive coordinator that will keep his job if the team averages 25 or more points per game, take a listen to the exchange. 24 to 10 against Wisconsin, 30 seconds left in the game. Will Iowa approach anything differently as far as kick a field goal? Or is it, hey, we'll, take, we'll continue to take the knees and take the four That's probably a better question for the head coach. Okay. I'm not interested in that, and I could care less, Scott, honestly. All right. If this is my last year being the offensive coordinator at Iowa football, I'm at peace with that. And if we're beating Wisconsin 24 to 10 with 30 seconds left, you can bet your ass I'll be at peace with that. First of all, a ricochet shot at Wisconsin from Scott Docterman. I am I'm very confident saying Iowa will not be up 24 to 10 on Wisconsin this year. Maybe last year. But I mean, then, they, that's, they won 24 to 10 last year. That's why he brought that score up, I assume. That makes some sense. Uh, but he says, no, that's a, that's a question for the head coach, which just I, <laughs> just happens to be, to be his Daddy. father. <laughs> just, I'm imagining I was visiting Camp Randall, and not a good hypothetical because I want Wisconsin to crush him. But what if I was up 30 to 10 somehow? They somehow score, or no, that wouldn't make sense. 24 to, to 6, we'll say. A huge cushion. And... They're under the threshold of 25. They're trying to get some some points on the board, so Brian saves his job. It's sitting at 24.9. Sure, sure. They need a field goal saves his job, and there are 30 seconds left, and they're at the 50-yard line. They could take a knee. It'd be over. Wisconsin lost, and Brian Ferentz goes over to his dad. He's like, Dad, <laughs> call a timeout. I'm, I'm sending four verts. We're getting in field goal range. I need this three points. It's such a just a ridiculous. There's nothing like it. It's just a ridiculous premise. Uh, <laughs> that this or not even a ridiculous premise. It's a ridiculous contract stipulation that got there out there publicly because obviously it's a public university, but it's just insane. Like that everyone's going to be charting this 
on a week, I shouldn't say a week, a quarter to quarter basis, like down, where it down stands, down. <laughs> where it stands. You know what I mean? Like where every time they score, like what, what are they on pace to score this year? I will be charting. I know you will. For the That's record. what I'm saying. But you're not even going to be the most. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're up there in terms of uh, obsessiveness over Brian Ferentz. But like, there's there's going to be other fan bases that are right up there with you. Uh, Nebraska's fan base, and I'm sure maybe Minnesota's fan base as well. And yet, most of you, most of you are going to be charting it, hoping that it comes and hits the over. Oh, I want them to score. Yeah, I want the offense to be good. I mean, it's April 20th. Good-ish. Good-ish. Not good enough to win the West. Because if they have a good offense, they have a very good chance of winning the West. True. Good point. Good enough to, good enough to score 25 a game. But it's April 20th, and he's already getting asked about it. Like, like you mentioned how ridiculous it is that this is going to be public. It's already the story. Not like, okay, how is the offense going to be better? What did you learn from the past couple years of disappointment and somewhat inadequacy on offense. No, it's, hey, with 30 seconds left, are you going to call a timeout to kick an extra field goal? And Scott knows how ridiculous the question is, but he also knows how ridiculous the whole whole idea of it is. Exactly. Like, just the, he has to score this much to keep his job. It's just, I've (laughs) never seen a contract like it before. (laughs) So good. It's so good. I can't wait. All right. That's, I had to get that out of the way. I, I, I couldn't you know, not bring that to the public. The only thing that could have made it better was if he actually, if it was like the last game of the season as opposed to a game in the middle of the season. Like say you're up 24 to 10 on Nebraska on Black Friday and you're playing, you, you know, you need a field goal. What are you doing? That would have, that's the only thing that could have made that better. Yeah, that, that was a game last year. If Iowa had won, they win the West, I think. Correct. And then they end up losing to Nebraska. Yes. And got somewhat steamrolled. It's yeah. like Nebraska's best game ever. Right. So there's always been, I've always loved that game. Black Friday gets you ready for rivalry weekend. Anyway, all right. It's Kenny and Heilprin. Uh A lot of spring practice thoughts to come. The Badgers were back outside today. Some some off and on rain. How was the weather down there? Very importantly. Well, they, they tried. I have Kirk, all right, Kirk Ferentz. Uh, Luke Fickle <laughs> said afterwards that he, when he came over and talked to us, he was said he was he was looking around to see who was here and who wasn't based on the weather. because Of writers? Of writers, of, of media people that were there or they were not, how many jackets they were wearing. Uh, because it was a little cool uh, this morning. And where we sit, there's no sun. So, And then the rain started a little bit. Um, but it didn't really start pouring until after practice. The weather was fine. The weather was fine. I, I dressed for the weather, so I was, I was, all, go, I was all good. How would you guys perform? Was he, was he disappointed in the number of well, coats? Did he I, want some I, more grit? I think he counted the number of people that were there, and there were less people than normal there. Interesting. Yes. So hot seat. Hot seat. Hot seat. T- yeah. I'm not going to call reporters out. I know that is trending this week, so I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, whether intended or not, I'm not going to do that. So, uh, no, we're all good. Uh, so the potential hot seat. If we talk about winners and losers from spring practice today, stock up, stock down, buy or sell. The reporters that were out there stock up. Big time. Big time. Big time. Which you were one of them. I was. So, so actually, let, let's do this first. I have some I, I have thoughts going into the year. You mentioned on last show that you thought or could see Will Pauling leading the team in receiving. And that sparked a light bulb. Of There are a lot of other categories where there could be discussions as to who will be the leader. I think it's a good way to look at where the team stands and who's really emerged 
as spring has gone on and where the confidence lies. I'm going to hit that next. Superlatives going into the season. We'll talk about that in about 10 minutes. Practice today, though. Thoughts? Uh, some uh, A lot of highlights getting posted. Yeah, so, there, there were. I mean, they, they went heavy on the highlights on social media today, and those were some of the best plays. Um, it was a good day for both sides, I think. I think there were big plays from offensive side, big plays from the defensive side. Probably a few too many turnovers for Luke Fickle's liking. There were a couple fumbles. Uh, I believe there were four interceptions, three of which uh, came from Tanner Mordecai's arm into Ricardo Holman's hands. Uh, again, if you were to see them, I think there might be a little bit of a different feeling. I know there were some hysterics for some of the other people that watched practice and then wrote about it. Um, I didn't think the throws, I didn't think it was as bad of a day for Tanner Mordecai as uh, they did. But when he turned the ball over three times and one of them being in the end zone, it's uh, it's not great. But uh, there were also some fantastic plays from the second team offense. Skyler Bell had a great day. We saw the highlight with him in coverage on Amon Williams, a little corner route. And somehow held on on a great throw from Braden Locke. Um, he had another one. Uh, Keontes Lewis had a big play down the sideline. Jim Radike had the best day of his spring by far. Uh, you saw the one that they put out, a little back shoulder throw from Tanner Mordecai, where he was able to uh, get both of his feet in for uh, a great catch on the sideline. Had another guy, like a little sliding catch with a guy in coverage. There were some really, really good plays uh, by the offensive side of the ball. First and second team, more second team than first team, but um, defense made a bunch of plays too. I thought Mumajang Meta had a great day. Hunter Wohler blitzing off the edge and dropping, would have dropped Braylon Allen for a pretty sizable loss, maybe three, four yards. Um, he's going to be so good in that role. I love be, that idea. He's going to be so good. They, they finally had him back in the dollar role today, um, and it looked exactly like I think they probably wanted to look. Him just creating havoc him creating chaos so that's that's exciting but i i think if you don't want this you don't want today to be saturday if today is if what happens today happens on saturday there's gonna be a lot of people upset because they have seen plenty of interceptions these last few years they don't want to see him again from the starting quarterback right red zone turnovers yeah they don't want they don't, they don't want that they don't need that <laughs> uh but if the offense makes as many plays today and cuts down the turnovers and the defense is able to, you know, make some plays on their own, not necessarily uh, like making great plays instead of having the ball thrown right at them. Um, sure. Then, then I think that's what you're looking for on Saturday. A lot of good on the offense, a lot of good on the defense, and uh, you can go away feeling good about it. If you had one or the other, I think we talked about it the other day, you'd rather the offense have a bunch of big plays and, uh, just because that's the side of the ball that struggled so much, but yeah, and the side the side of the ball that has people all all jazzed up, right? That's yeah, the that's the yeah. big draw at the moment. Uh, in regards to Mordecai, speaking as uh, probably the the person at the spearhead of Mordecai and other stock related trades uh, in regards to the quarterback, I a dip's okay, right? Like markets don't just always skyrocket every single day. There's got to be some days where, you know, it's a plateau. It's fine. But it, it's not something that worries the people at a, at Mordecai long-term, speaking for them. Okay. So that's well, that's what they wanted to get out there publicly, uh, that we uh, are still bullish long-term on the stock. As someone who has not seen, well, I guess you have seen Mordecai in a EW jersey. He was wearing 17 back then, but uh, <laughs> no. That was uh, a joke. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Gosh, if he's that slow, yikes. Um, he's not that slow, uh, but oh, come on now. He was, that was slow as hell. I, you are referring to, I was, I was watching the Bucks game last night 
and decided to have some fun. I noticed Jack Cohn is who we're speaking of, believe it or not, had a had a strong game for the for the Brahmas over the weekend after taking back the, the starting job at 300 yards. Taking back? Yeah, because Banker got hurt. And uh, I, I was drawn back to the play against Michigan 2019 where he juked out the guy on the edge and took it 25 yards to the middle of the defense and scored. And I said, watching 2022 Tanner Mordecai tape, which he did some of that. Did he, did he run 20 miles an hour while doing it? Yeah, but it, the result was the same. There yeah. were touchdowns yeah. scored. Yeah. No, I, again, I think it's – you don't want to take too much for one practice because if you – if I were to do that throughout the, the spring, just be like, I'm going to make decisions just based on this one practice, well, then you'd be all up and down. And I'm trying to be as even as possible. Um, when Matt Mordecai had five straight practices where he was really good, I think that's wild to note. Um, when he has a couple bad practices, it's probably worthwhile to note. Today wasn't his best. It's also, I, I hope, Wisconsin's defense and, and some of the, some poor quarterback play in general could just be due to the poor quarterback play. I hope Wisconsin's defense is better than a lot of the defenses they'll face this year. Especially like out-of-conference stuff is one thing, but in the Big Ten West, for instance, whether it's Purdue and Nebraska and Illinois, uh, I think Iowa's going to be really good on defense. But still, I hope the test in practice against the defense is better than the ones they face during the season. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but there could be a scenario where come season time, out-of-conference play happens, momentum, a lot of momentum coming out of that, and then they enter conference play, and there's a shot, aside from probably Iowa and Ohio State, that the defense they face in practice is better than the one they face on the field, which could be good. You know what's hilarious? I, and something I'm glad I'm not going to have. Well, I probably will have to hear it at some point. Um, the offense saying, yeah, we face so much stuff, you know, from the defense on a day-to-day basis. There's nothing we haven't seen once we get to a game because that's what Graham Mertz said all the time about facing Jim Leonard. And it's like, he didn't look like it. You didn't look like it at all. You look like you, you might like have been right. Deer in headlights. Sometimes. Just the results weren't the results didn't align with it. He could have been right. I mean, he had to face that 2021 unit every day in practice. Do you think that instilled like a, a seed of doubt in their minds? And that's why they were so bad. The offense. Yeah, that could be part of it. I mean, they came out in the first game and they weren't getting crushed by a great Penn State defense. It was a good defense, they but they they just handed the ball away by fumbling wasn't like 10 to 6 no what was the score it was like 13 to 7 or something like that yeah but, to 10. but i mean the mistakes came when they were trying to execute and, handoffs yeah. yeah and then you know apparently they knew the exact play that was coming at the end when he threw the interception right over the middle to uh what's his name the guys with the bears jaquan brisker yeah is a safety yep yep fun times hopefully Sorry. a better ones I don't to know come why we're talking about graham merch today. well it's it's stupid actually i'll spin this in a good way this is a semi-thought this is not some broad elaborate take And this could sound like Captain Obvious, but I was thinking about the dynamic between head coach and offensive coordinator in general. And Wisconsin's had an outlier situation as of late with, you know, Paul Chris gives up play calling and then it was Joe Rudolph and then they brought in a new OC and Chris took it back. I am somewhat relieved. I'm definitely excited that Wisconsin has a defensive head coach and like Lincoln Riley. Okay, sure. Offensive head coach. He's a wizard. He'd be great anywhere. But I'm very excited. Wisconsin has a defensive head coach where the offense belongs to the OC. 
And no matter if the offense struggles, Fickle's not going to come in and tell Phil Longo how to run offense. Like, he's a defensive guy. If the offense struggles, it's on the OC and Phil Longo, and obviously the players, but the scheme-wise, it's on that one guy to do it. Maybe I'm so much scarred from the last three years of what went on and the dynamics, but I'm I'm very excited for, okay, again, head coach, defensive guy. I figure the defense will carry a strong identity, and then the offense is up to the OC. It's not... What is the head coach going to do to help the offense? Does he go and call plays? What's different? I'm excited for that separation. Which is the separation that used to be the case for about 25 years at Wisconsin. Well, maybe not 25, but uh, yeah, no, about 25. Barry Alvarez was the defensive coach. Brett Bielma was the defensive coach. Gary Anderson was the defensive coach. They didn't have any roles on the offense. Well, until 2012 with Bielma, when, when Chris left. For the first for the first six years of Bielema's tenure, it was Chris did everything offensively and don't come on the side of the building, uh, Brett Bielema type of thing. And then in 2012, he kind of had his hands in it and it didn't go very well. But um, yes, the separation I I prefer that. Um, so do I, I. I. I mean, I think I'd rather have a defensive coach than an offensive coach. It's all as, as a head coach. It, it's it's all relative. Paul Chris was able to make it work. Oh yeah, for, for a pretty you know uh, that first five years of the, of his ten, or four years of his tenure where he went in all the games that he did, and the offense, while not great, uh, put up enough numbers in 2017 and 2019. Um, but yeah, man, Paul Chris isn't here not because of what he did on no. offense; it's because of everything else. Definitely not. Definitely not. I, I mean, there was a, a talent team wise, like there were deficiencies on the field which helped the offense not perform to the level it needed uh, not to make this direct comparison, but just saying Bill Belichick defensive coach, I'll be it at the pros, but I'll go to the college level. Nick Saban yeah. defensive coach Kirby smart Kirby smart as well. And I, I just think what Georgia has, it's obviously perfect because they've won two national titles, but they just seem to be such a perfectly well oiled machine and Kirby Smart has lost his last two coordinators. He's lost Lanning to Oregon, and uh, Munkin went to Baltimore, I think, the Ravens. But even so, he hires from within, where it's, okay, like that Georgia offense, they have some type of camaraderie, some chemistry, some whole system of churning out like what they do, which is awesome. I love it. Well, it's like power football. It's not some crazy, like it's not what Phil Longo does directly. Yeah, well, in like... LM always is run through coordinators too. Um, the team that wasn't for a long time was was Clemson, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, where they had his he had his guy with them for that long, long stretch, and it wasn't until uh, he went to Oklahoma that he ended up losing them. But yeah, and so it's defense matters, <laughs> and if you can figure out just a little bit of all, if you can figure out things to work. I, I, you know what? I shouldn't say that. Defense does matter, but offense also having an explosive offense, which Georgia and Alabama obviously do, it helps. And Nick Saban had to learn that, right? He had oh, to go, for he, sure. He had to go away from what he had done to win so many championships. The same thing with uh, Jim Harbaugh. Had to go away from what had won him a bunch of games uh, at different places. He had to. He had to. He had to evolve. Paul Chris was not evolving, and that was as big of a problem on the field as it was off the field. Yeah, it's the it's the not necessarily defense great, offense great thing. It's the dynamic that makes me excited. Yeah, it's the hopeful health of the dynamic. Yep.
between the two rooms. So that's just a that's a positive thought to go after what uh, Wisconsin went through for a couple years offensively. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, I want to look at next season. A lot of spring ball has has happened, and there's been a lot written, a lot said. Zach, you've been at all of them. I want to talk about some of Wisconsin's leaders this season. Who do we expect them to be at which positions and in which categories? That's coming up next. We'll talk about the launch a little later as well. Uh, stay right there. Kenny and Heilprint back in three minutes. This is Kenny and Heilprint on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. Welcome back, Kenny and Heilprint. The launch coming up on Saturday. We have uh, some details about it. Coach Fick will talk today about what it's going to look like. We'll get to that in about 10 to 12 minutes. What to expect if you're going down. Uh, a weather update, as is a custom on this show. Uh, will I compare Saturday's launch to the SpaceX launch today? Probably not. I'm going to avoid that. Uh, but proud, it was brought up. Proud of you. It was brought up earlier on air because that launch did not go well. Uh, superlatives for the Badgers this season, Zach. You... You said on Tuesday's show that you thought Will Pauling was going to lead Wisconsin in receiving yards. And that little, little, again, a little light bulb. Okay, there are a lot of actual, a lot of categories. Or maybe sometimes it's it's clear going into the season. But I think with this year, there's so much new, so much different for what it's going to look like. So uh, I've, I, I'll start with the receiving yards, actually. Do you stay with Pauling in terms of, okay, if I ask you, not necessarily receiving production or receiving yards per catch or touchdown, just receiving yards, which could be volume-based. Do you think Pauling leads? See, that was the, that, that was the conversation we actually had at practice today because I said I, I, I think he leads him in catches. That's what I think. I think he leads him in catches. I think it's a little bit more difficult to say yards because I think there's just going to be a ton of other guys catching passes, uh, but I do think that's the the slot guys, whether it's him or, or Skyler Bell, are going to get a ton of opportunities. But what I saw from Jim Ray today, he could end up leading them in yards. That's but, where I'm at. Yeah, but I would not be shocked if it was Pauling leading them in yards and in uh, catches. Touchdowns, eh, that, that, that's a total crapshoot. There are a lot of things that wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if Keontes Lewis led them. I would be. If he, if he just became like a, a killer on deep routes and yeah. somehow caught for a game. Yeah, I don't see it happening. I'm a big Keontes Lewis guy, but I don't see it happening. Uh, what else would not surprise me? I, I mean, I, I would be surprised if it was anyone aside from Pauling and DK or Skylar Bell, honestly. Like, it can just go so many directions. And then, obviously, injuries could play a part where if one guy goes down, they have so many still, but but what does the opportunity look like at that point? Well, it's just absolutely crazy right now that so many different guys are making plays, whether it's Skylar Bell or Vinny Anthony or Will Pollen or Chimray DK or uh, C.J. Williams or Keontes Lewis, that you just forget what Chris Brooks was doing before he got hurt and what you expect Bryson Green to be able to do when he is completely healthy. It's Remarkable that uh, the the number of pass catchers they have that could that could make an impact, and that's why I think it's very difficult to sit here and say, "Yeah, this guy's going to lead him in catches, or this guy's going to lead him in yards." That everything, if Will Pauling stays healthy, I think he, I think the catches thing is going to be his. So, speaking of Bryson Green, he could be the guy here. I think this speaks to an overall offensive philosophy and how they're going to do it. 
but overall touchdown leader. Receiving plus rushing. Oh, Braylon. That's what I would say. But how much how much volume does Ches Malusi get? What's the durability like? Is there a receiver that ends up having a, a really crazy red zone season? Like an outlier of he just somehow gets all the targets in the red zone? Well, it could have been what happened last year if uh, Clay Cunup didn't get hurt. I mean, he already had three touchdowns at that point. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Chimray ended up having three at Northwestern, what, in the middle of October. So I, I'm anxious to see what Clay Cunniff looks because I think he's going to have a role too. But there are just so many variables that go into that. I, I'm i going with the number one running back that has eyes on the NFL next year. I would and, say Braylon. And is motivated well. and is going to have opportunities opportunities who's hopefully also fresh hopefully very fresh hopefully stays fresh during the season because because we've seen him get banged up as seasons go along i don't know what it looks like now hopefully he's you know running in more space as opposed to getting chopped down after one yard maybe it's longer he's a tougher guy to bring down when he when he gets going which hopefully will help uh if let, let me ask you this question real quickly if you're facing wisconsin right now what are you taking away what, or what, what is the number one thing you're taking away first? If I had the ability to actually take something away, which I think some of the defenses they'll face I'm telling doesn't. You right, I'm telling right. you right now, like you have, this is the offense is, is going to take what's, what you give them. If you're going to shut down the run, if you're going to put seven, eight guys in your line of scrimmage. No, I'm, I'm taking away the explosive plays. I'm I'm shutting down over the top as best I can. Like if I'm Iowa, good secondary, good defense. I'm shutting down the explosive plays. I'm saying if you want to play at this pace and you want to go about things as you're going about them, you have to do it six yards at a time, which is what we see in the NFL from a lot of teams. But that that's how I would approach it because the worst thing defenses can do against a Phil Longo offense, I think, is allow them to get explosive. Yeah. Once they get explosive, that, I mean, that's obviously what Wisconsin's lacked for a while, but once they get explosive, I don't know how you defend it in terms of taking something away or what you focus on. So that does, yeah, but that does lead to lead to Braylon. Uh, I would, I would force the Longo offense to work in the red zone, you know, drive it down to the 15 and can you punch it in from there, which I think they will be, but have, have them test, test them that way, as opposed to testing them of, okay, they just got a 30 yard touchdown over the top because we didn't let them run the ball. Is that how you would uh, approach it if you were an opposing DC? Not to give away secrets to to Phil Parker and and others. Well, I mean, I would make Wisconsin Impressive. prove that right now. I would still make Wisconsin prove they can throw the ball. Hmm. I mean, now they're getting, look. Some of those games would be five, six games into the season, so it would be clear. Yeah. But they, but that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Buffalo. What when you walk on the oh, field on Saturday? Buffalo can't take anything away. But what are you going to try and take away? The explosive plays. If you're Buffalo, okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if they will. What? I'd be like, screw that. Show me. Show me you can. Show me you can throw it. You. You've been doing this for the, how long? And you haven't been able to throw it. And now all of a sudden you're going to bring in this whole new group, whole new offense. Prove you can throw it. If you can throw That's it, all right, well, then we have then we have to change up how we're going to attack this. Otherwise, we're not going to let you run the ball down our throats. Even out of this, even out of this spread, we're not going to let you run the ball down our throats. It's very interesting. Uh, if if Buffalo people could 
you know, listen to this show, then maybe they'd have an idea that that they can throw it. Maybe they go that route. It's it's that's going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to take see. long for them to figure out that they can. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, and if you don't know what to expect, I mean, obviously you're you're basing it off of North Carolina film. That's how you're prepping for Wisconsin. I get that, but it's still Wisconsin. There's still the W. Yep. It's still the. Yeah. It's the same laundry. Yes. That you expect to see one thing. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I I think as games go along, we'll see a change. But we're also talking about in the beginning of the season, those college defenses can try. I think Washington State will be okay. But Georgia Southern can try to do whatever they want. Can they dictate that? I mean, they dictated it last year in, in Lincoln. Yeah, so did a lot of people. Uh, but, like, Ohio State, I think, has the defense to dictate. Iowa probably has the defense to dictate. How many others are there that are that good? That's something to watch. Uh, let's run through these before we uh, get to the launch. Wisconsin's leading tackler this season. Mumajong Meta. I had him written down, but I put the or designation. Him or Jordan Turner? Or Hunter Wohler. No. Eh, maybe. I think he's going to be around the ball. He will be. A lot. That's a good point. But I'm still going with Mumajang Meadow, who's going to be around the ball every single play. I would. And and led them in tackles last year. I would agree with that. But I guess this goes to what Wohler will do because interception leader and sack leader. I might say Wohler for both. For the season? For the season. The, The overall sack leader. For the team. Not a chance. Really? No. I mean, I like I look at the defensive line. It could be Daryl Peterson. It could be. It's going to be Jake Luma. Cheney. It could be Jake Cheney. It's going to be Jake Cheney. I think there's a chance it's Wohler. It could be Jake Cheney. It could be Daryl Peterson. I, I don't think Wohler's going to get as many opportunities as maybe you think he will. I think the sacks are going to be very evenly distributed. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be. I don't think there's going to be a 13, 14 guy like close to what Herbig did last year. I don't think there's going to be like that. So could Wohler get to seven? Maybe, but I at least the third safety on the field, and they have I think uh, the pressure to and and Blaylock back there. I think a lot of the pressure is going to come from the interior. A lot of it, hmm. and I love their ability to rush pass from the inside. Um, still, still find things out on the outside, but I love their ability to, especially in the dollar package, moving those guys around. And who knows how often Wohler is going to be that dollar guy? Because right. we've seen Jake Cheney in that role here in spring too. So. It's fascinating. It is fascinating to decide, to to figure out exactly what Mike Trussell and and Luke Fickler are going to do with this defense because they have a ton of options and a ton of different different bodies to throw at it. My biggest question is, can they stop the run? That's, yeah, that's to me what it comes down to. Yeah, that's I mean that's where leading tackler comes in, but it's also what do you get from man? I I can't uh, Darian Varner being out kind of skews like I he was one of those guys where it's okay, the defensive line is going to play a, a huge role in what is a weird hybrid year for the defense, and then he's out. But that's where Muma comes in. Like, like that's, He'll be back. Yeah, out out for the spring is in. Right. Out is uh, you guys haven't been able to see him. It is, it is worthwhile to note that every time the first team defense is about to go on the field, he is out. Like there's this little <laughs> gathering of group, right? And he's, he's out I, there. I can't he, get over this. He, he's out there on his... Uh, it's not a scooter. It's crutches. He's out there on his, on his crutches and, you know, just listening in. And then he turns around and crutches back in full uniform. <laughs> I don't mean to like, I know it's a bit, it's a bit of a, 
I, I don't mean to laugh, just the visual of yeah. that. Of or, or even uh, you, you said Chris, he was on a little scooter before. Well, right, but Chris Burks Jr. is on a scooter and he is in full pads and watching like <laughs> that's insane and like watching you know warm ups from the spot where he would normally be and with his helmet on. Sometimes with his helmet on. Okay, I, I was gonna say if the helmet stayed on the whole time, it's just the visual is very interesting. Yeah, like Aaron Witt, full uniform. So he's in the rehab group, so we don't get to see him. Very much like they come out later. Progress, maybe. Oh yeah, oh for sure. There's he's got a he's got he's had a little brace on. It's a little black one. You can barely see it on his foot. So oh, let's go. Yeah, progress. That's big news. That's big news. Actually, who's going to lead Wisconsin in sacks this year? If he if he plays every game, Aaron Witt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that'd be awesome. Could you imagine Keontae Lewis leads the team in receiving and Aaron Witt leads them in sacks? That would be amazing. Uh, it could be. I, I might take that over. I'm not going to go there. No. Actually, All right. I'm not going to go there. People, it, it, you can't say slightly critical things or, or p- people are unhappy. Yep. Um, this was something I was interested in before we hit break and talk about the launch. From the old, ro- like from the holdovers from the previous roster, not including transfer guys, the most improved player from last year to this year is... Or you think will be. And I can't choose who? The transfers. Can't choose the transfers. Or the or the guys that were on the team last year. They have to be on the team last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Most improved. Ricardo Hallman. That's where I thought you were going to go. I did. I just I, did. Especially if he plays the... The way that he has in camp. Well, and if he is the guy there the whole season. Because Wisconsin also is after a a corner from Rhode Island, uh, multiple corners in the portal, multiple corners. Yeah. Uh, they also offered a guy from Ole Miss. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. So missing out on... to me, to me, those are not guys that are coming in here to start. Gotcha. Huh. Which is going to be, I think difficult to get them for that reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their role is going to be. Fourth corner. It's, it's hilarious. So we get to talk to the corners tomorrow and they um, usually make, like, all the guys that are going to play available. There's three of them. <laughs> there were seven wide receivers when, we, wow. when, when they talked on Wednesday. Uh-huh. There's three corners. Yeah, Hallman, they need... Hallman, Alexander Smith, and Jason Matry. They need depth. I, I, I will say, a little Matry highlight posted by Evan Flood on Twitter today. He loves contact. I love that. He loves contact. It does not always work out in his favor. That's okay. It did not work out in his favor today. Fine. But he loves contact. Give he, me. He gets he gets drilled back quite often, but give he, me puts, four, he puts his face in that. Give me four corners that love contact. He puts his face in it. Even if they aren't the best cover people in the world. Oh, he's, me, he's good. He's good cover. Right, right. But but just give me give me corners with that mentality. That's how you win in the Big Ten, Zach. This is still still Big Ten football. At least it's still Big Ten West football, which is very important or will be until the end of the season. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, let's step away. When we come back, we will talk about the launch. Luke Fickle gave some specifics on what it's going to look like on the field coming up on Saturday. What do we expect? Who needs a big day? We'll get to all of it. That's coming up next. It is Kenny and Heilprint. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin hanging out, taking you to seven o'clock. 
We'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, Zach, so I was, I was going for a run a little earlier today in the middle of, I got a lot. There were clouds, there was sun, there was rain, just a little bit of rain though, but it was great experience. Love when the weather gets nice enough to get outside. I was uh, running around beautiful Lake Monona uh, in the, the smaller area, which I, I admittedly don't know what it's called. It's like, there's the big part and the John Nolan drive comes through and there's the little part. Okay. I was running around that. And as I go along, I, everybody, the only thing I heard talked about, everyone keeps stopping me, Ben, Ben, what do you think about the launch? What's going on on Saturday? What can we expect? So it's Monona Bay, Monona Bay. Thank you. Great people. Monona Bay. Very interested uh, in, in the launch That's coming right. up, and coming up on Saturday. Luckily uh, enough, the Luke Fickle talked about it today. Yes. So the, the three bullet points I wrote down from what I could garner from the comment we will it like it's it's a game adjacent event which excites me it's not just full on practice it is 11 on 11 which he made very clear that there are 11 players on each side of the football field it was kind of funny <laughs> uh starting from the starting points weird the scoring systems weird i didn't understand it i'm sure somebody that listened to it over and over again did but Offense versus defense uh, for a series of at least six plays, like extended series. Live tackling, which is the biggest check. This is going to be interesting thing to me. Uh, and the ones get the first half of the practice and twos and threes get the second half. So I think my expectations, frankly, were low as to I thought it was just going to be practice. And the fact that this is like, okay, it's a real offense trying to beat the defense, defense trying to beat the offense with tackling. It's about as close to a spring game as you're going to get. I think they changed it up. Like, I think the original plan was for it to be a practice because that's what I was told. It was just going to be another practice. Um, but obviously, things have changed, and they want to give the fans a little bit of a show. And uh, unfortunately, the weather doesn't look like it's going to cooperate. It would have been amazing if it was last weekend. It doesn't look too bad out there, though. It's But in the 40s, like, it's not necessarily great spring type weather and there's a possibility for for rain so like it's just it's not necessarily the great spring weather that you would want for a spring game in this situation but it also gives you an opportunity to see whether this offense is going to work right is that yes that's what you wanted that's what you wanted there i'm 70 percent kidding yeah 30 like that feels a little high it's it's at least 75 percent a bit but the other 25 percent is I am interested to see if it gets really disgusting out there, what the plan is, what they try to do. That's part of winning football games. I would say that about every offense, Zach. I swear. I mean, it's, and it's supposed to be like the, the wind's supposed to be bad. It's just not going to be. I, I feel like it's going to be. A, it's, it's not going to be great. It's um, football weather. It is, but it's not necessarily football weather if you want things to look pretty. But hey, it, it looks it's not going to be as bad as it was at Northwestern for Ohio State last last year. So that's good. Yep. Uh, do you think it will be with the weather and everything going on? I, I saw more than 20,000, they said, have reserved tickets. I hope it's close to 20,000 there. We'll see, obviously, on the day of what the weather looks like. Uh, do you think it will be considered more of a success than the SpaceX launch today? <laughs> That made it almost all the way to where it needed to be, right? No? <laughs> no. They said, apparently, part of all they wanted to do was launch. They didn't care about what happened next, so they called it 
uh, a a Fine. constructive loss. Like like yeah. the, it's a moral victory event that their rocket just exploded. Yeah, I think there was like a yeah, it was a planned destruction. Yeah, whatever it was. I I, I saw it trending trending on Twitter. I'm like, what is that? And then oh okay, people yeah. are fired up about that, the launch. That's that's what that was. <laughs> that, all right, all right, that, sweet. Um, but yes, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be a bigger success than the spacex launch today i don't think anybody's gonna blow up the only thing that would make it less successful is if someone got seriously hurt if brandon allen went down with a torn acl or if tanner mordecai went down with a with a huge injury it's happened at wisconsin spring games before i'm not i'm not putting that bad juju on anybody i'm just saying uh Bad things have happened at uw spring games uh and mainly that that's one reason why the spring game has taken on a whole lot less significance Go all the way back to Lee Evans. Yeah, that's why we approach it as a as a game adjacent event. Not a game. Not a game. Notably, not a game. Not a game. But for those that uh, are not going, that are, are not attending, it will be streamed live on Big Ten Network at three o'clock. BTN Plus. BTN Plus. It'll be on BTN Plus live at one, and then yes. they're re-airing the tape delay at three. At three on the Big Ten Big Ten Network, and I figure it'll be up on YouTube. But stay tuned to all the channels for for takeaways. We kind of talked about it on Tuesday. I mean, not that it means everything. Not not that it has an effect on what the performance week one will be. But when you speak of who needs a good day, like Phil Longo in the offense, just for the off the field talk and excitement, I think it's legitimate to put pressure on them to say, okay, this is a big opportunity with everybody there to show off. And I expect it to be successful. Like not, you know, perfect, but I expect to see what a lot of the talk has been about so far. And I think everybody else does as well. Yeah. I'm hopeful because we've we've given a lot of very glowing reports at times this spring. And if they go out and just absolutely lay an egg because of the weather, which is a possibility, not great. Not great. In all seriousness. If they lay an egg because of the weather, are we are we questioning whether they can perform in the weather? <laughs> I, I I mean that as a serious question. Uh, it would be a discussion. It's just not an ideal situation to be uh, in front of fans for the first time. Of course, because not. you are still this is not the offense that you're going to be running this fall. You're still putting it together. You're still trying to get on the same page. Like this, it, this is not. It's not a fair assessment of it for sure um it's just not but we're all going to make that assessment whether it's nice weather or not uh because people if it's if it's bad and they're bad be like well this ain't gonna work in november this isn't gonna work in november and that you know who's gonna be leading that it's gonna be you no 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 i will not do it yes you will i will not do it no no chance no chance i'm positive i'm optimistic I'm some say blindly optimistic at this point. All I'll say is uh, if this was the type of weather that was going to be there on a normal Saturday, we would be inside. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's do this. Let's close it out next. I have a very important update on Wisconsin and the world of NIL that we have to address. It, it comes from a discussion we previously had earlier in the week. So let's touch on that when we come back. It is Kenny. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, Kenny and Heilprin closing it out. We'll be back on Tuesday, 6 o'clock. 
Obviously, the podcast will be available wherever you find shows. Uh, and the camp, five days a week. Check that out as well. Lots of great stuff. You had Jake Butt on, former Michigan tight end. I did. There were some people that were ups- like, someone's like, I went into that really hating Michigan and wanting to hate Jake Butt, but he turned out to be pretty good. So, yeah. He, he is. I like Jake Butt a lot. Yeah. He's going to be doing the color for the uh, spring game this Saturday. That's usually a Wisconsin guy that gets to do that, but yeah. Are there any former Wisconsin guys I don't think in there direct are. Big in, Ten media in network football anymore? I don't think there are. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so this is a big update. Seth hit me up on Twitter earlier today in relation to our discussion about uh, Pepsi and them. I got that same. Yeah. Retaining the uh, or getting the NIL rights for the Badgers. Starry is their new thing. It replaced Sierra Mist as Pepsi's lemon lime flavored drink, in part because Sierra Mist failed to gain market share. Uh, it contains no caffeine and is available in regular and zero sugar varieties. You know, thank you, Seth. I will say though, I used to like Sierra Mist when you're when you go up to the soda fountain and they don't have Sprite. I would totally be fine with Sierra Mist. It was Sprite adjacent. I look at Starry. And I'm out. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just out. CJ Williams says you better be in. He was the one that was, he's a starry, he's a starry partner. We're going to have to talk with, with CJ Williams yeah. uh, about that. I actually so learned, I actually learned about starry. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. I, I learned about it before he sent that uh, based on another podcast I was listening to. Gotcha. Well, thank you for the we're note. I'm also very upset that they just got rid of Sierra Miss without telling you. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, also, Jay hit me up and did note, uh, Wisconsin might be planning to put in a heated field. Have you heard anything about this? I saw the work order that was put out for it. Okay. Might play into Longo and the weather. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank you for the <laughs> notes, though. I accept all DMs, especially in relation to things we talk about here. That's going to do it for us tonight. We will talk to you coming up on Tuesday. See ya.